everyone. Welcome back to Mentor Musings. Uh, I'm Dennis. I'm joined by Brett and JC. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dennis. Excellent. Uh, so I've got a question from one of our listeners, and uh, they were asking about when is the best time, or actually, when is the worst time to go into a venture? Uh, for example, like when they shouldn't go in uh the, the opportunity is not right or whatnot but uh i wanted to get your take on when is the best time or worst time that you should be actually going into a venture and when you should actually just like step back like this isn't the right time this isn't the, you know our purpose or, or whatnot yeah jc you want to kick us off yeah sure so <clears throat> I guess the the answer of when is the wrong time or how do you know when it's not the right time to make the first step? So like, I guess there's two sides. There's kind of some macro considerations. So depending on the idea that you have, depending on your venture, um, is the market timed well for you to take the step forward? Uh, one thing I'd say, and, and you've heard me say before on here, is that uh, usually the window of opportunity for your idea in the marketplace is not as narrow as you might think. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not optimal times to launch and suboptimal times to launch, but it's usually not binary. It's not, well, I must launch within this window or I cannot launch within this window. So I'll put aside those macro trends because that's really going to be specific to each venture, each sector, each industry, uh, you know, and kind of their seasonality. So the timing of if and when can be really subjective. Let's talk about the local issue, right? Uh, because that really is the most important thing. It's when are you or you and your founders, your co-founders ready to take that step forward? So a couple of things, um, you know, I can't tell every individual when is the right time for them to do it because this is number one, an investment, right? right. Uh, it's an opportunity cost. It's a capital cost. You're going to be putting your blood, sweat and tears into this. You're going to be investing time into this that you could be spent holding down a full-time job or, you know, spending time with your friends and family or whatever. So, uh, that opportunity cost that you're evaluating has to be individualized. But uh, I do think, you know, what you tend to see is when you are in a position of uh, being able to actually take a step into entrepreneurship, usually maybe because you either lose your job due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, like in the example, when you have like a global economic crisis, a lot of people go towards entrepreneurship in part because the economy is not really sustainable for them to go and find a replacement job, but also in part, there's some element of, you know, kind of YOLO, you only live once. Uh, this is the time, this is my opportunity. So um, I would say that if you find yourself in a, in a career pivot moment where you've either topped out at your existing job, either from an earnings or a progress standpoint or from a knowledge gain standpoint, Point, or uh, you now find yourself not fully employed at your previous employer, that's probably going to be a window where considering a new venture is, is a good idea. And that would trend with what uh, I think other people, you know, kind of in, in the global entrepreneurial community will, will target. And then the other thing I would say is in terms of, you know, whether or not you're able to take the step forward, it, it's really a, it's really a career choice. It's really like, is starting a new venture a good idea for you? I mean, the vast majority of people who want to be entrepreneurs uh, likely shouldn't be entrepreneurs. And it's not because they can't, it's not because they don't have the skill or the knowledge. I mean, it really is kind of a DNA level makeup. You have to be a little crazy to be an entrepreneur. I mean, you're working 100 hours to avoid working 40 hours, right? You're, you, you know, you're, you're going to be worrying about and sweating this out for, for years and years and years to come. And uh, the payoff can be huge, but it can be really far out. So, 
you know, I think there's, there's almost kind of some introspection that's required to make sure that you really understand, hey, is this a lifestyle and a career choice that suits me? So uh, putting aside the macro, I would focus on the local and say, what are my you know, current career prospects? And also, is this a lifestyle career that's really going to uh, align with what I want to do? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, you know, I actually wrote a little bit about this a week ago or two weeks ago. I forget when it was, you know, reasons not to, to start a company, right? It's um, on the personal side. Well, well, let me answer the question. There's probably no perfect time to ever start a business, right? So when you go, go, but but have a plan when you do it. Those seem to work the best. If you have to do it out of necessity, sometimes you have to, but that just puts a different level of stress on what you're trying to do with the, with the business. Um, haven't answered the question yet, but I do think your point about the personal side, right? If you're going in, if you have a family, a wife, this has to be a, a family decision to do this, right? I mean, if you're going solo and your wife is against this or your partner, spouse, whatever it is, is not on board, it's going to make it twice as difficult because you're going to be dealing with the stress of the business. You're going to be dealing with the stress of the, you know, the home life. And I, I, I do like the idea, and JC, I'd love to get your opinion on this second is, you know, Side hustle is thrown around way too often, but I think if you have an idea for a business and you haven't jumped in yet, there's things you can do to talk to potential customers and start to line up and do some of that market research before you actually go live and, and build into it. Because I know there's different schools of thought, say, hey, do I just quit my job and go all in? I think that's the romantic side of it, but I think the prudent side may say, hey, there's some things you can do to start testing. Is this really a need to have product or a nice to have product? How big is the market? And some of these things you can do while you're still in a corporate career. Uh, but if you're heading down that path, it can help you plan. But JC, as you mentioned, sometimes you know corporate roles dry up and hey, this is the time to go. So I, so I guess my biggest advice to that is one, be prepared. Right. If that time comes and you're forced to make a choice, it's not just from a cold stop. And there's a lot of things you can do and spend that that time now. And two, I think the other advice is it's don't do it if you're looking to get rich quick. You know, so few and very rarely have we come across anybody that, hey, overnight success, the company's great. I'm on easy street. Man, it's a grind and you have to enjoy what that grind is. And you're going to have to put the work in to do it now. The, the benefits and you're working for yourself, you you get all the upside, but it's not, there is no hacks, right? <laughs> so you just have to be mentally prepared, I think is the biggest thing if you're gonna go all in. Yeah, and, and, and I, I dovetail you know, a comment on that. Uh, it is definitely not a get rich quick scheme, even if it's a side hustle, by the way. Um, but but especially if it's your your main focus, you know, I, I love that movie Wall Street, you know, Gordon Gecko greed is good. I mean, and by the way, there is some you know, kind of truth to that, I guess, to some extent. Uh, but but really what greed is, is is just impatient ambition. Right. You, you need to uh, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and especially if you're targeting you know, some type of really exponential return. You know, we're not talking about a lifestyle business, which by the way, even those can take a while to, to kind yeah, of get into the, the momentum into the black and be profitable with and, and be, a, and actually become a true lifestyle business. Um, but, but, but I would say this, that, you know, the question of when not to Dennis, if you have an immediate need to make this money or an immediate expectation to generate this return, uh, then no, that is not the right time to engage in this. Uh, one other thing that, that I would bring up and mention too is uh, there are some people out there who, 
not romanticized, but they gravitate towards the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And sometimes people are compelled to become an entrepreneur before they have their specific business idea. Um, and I think what Brett just mentioned about the idea of maybe an on-ramp to entrepreneurship, that's a really great scenario. If you're in a position saying, hey, I think I really want to be an entrepreneur, but I've got 12 ideas and I don't know which one to pursue. Um, you know, maybe you use that on-ramp opportunity to figure out which one you want to pursue or really drill down on which ideas resonate with you the most and align with you the most in terms of what you're looking to get out of the experience. Then you take that full step forward. I've seen some people literally quit their jobs and go, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I ask them, what are you going to do? But like, I don't know. I've got 12 ideas. And so <laughs> if you're in a position where you're, you're gravitating towards being an entrepreneur, but you don't know specifically which idea you're going to pursue, that would be an area where I would not take the full leap in and, and go with more uh, of kind of an on-ramp, like Brett was saying. So what would you suggest to those entrepreneurs that uh, they, they do have like those multiple ideas? What would you suggest that they do and being able to narrow it down and find specifically what they should focus on? I well talk to those customers or your potential customers, man. I just, there's no better way than to get direct feedback from the people you think you're going to be selling to. And most people are open to giving feedback back, right? Hey, got this idea. You're an expert in this industry. Love to get your feedback on this idea I have. I mean, there's no quicker way. It's not a, it's, I wouldn't say it's hundred percent accurate because there's sometimes the customer doesn't know what they want until they know there's another alternative, but that would be step one for me is, is really understand your target market. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. In fact, Dennis, what we should do is right after this episode airs, we should record our next episode talking about go to market and those initial milestones. And then that way, whoever's watching this, just watch the next video in the queue or the next uh, listen to the next episode in the queue. Uh, and we'll go into more detail about how you do that. But yeah, I, I think you you take the steps and you, you give yourself an opportunity to learn who your buyers, who your users and who your consumers are. And sometimes that's all one group. Um, but a lot of times you may have different stakeholders involved. So in addition to just learning about who's our target market, who, who, whose you know, value is really, what, what, what value are we offering that really resonates to that target market? There's also just kind of understanding the dynamics, particularly in B2B, in Brett's world, where you, know, you have different stakeholders, gatekeepers, decision makers, champions, all of that. Uh, you got to understand the sales and decisioning organization with where you're selling. So it's not just who's my target market and what's my value to them. It's how do I actually, you know, kind of scale my way into this organization or into this sales process. But we should post our, our, our next episode as a companion to this, Dennis, and, and let people listen more about that go-to-market strategy. Awesome. I'll definitely uh, do that. And also, you know what? I think there could be a third episode on how important sales is and being a salesman of your business uh, is a definite topic that I think people need to really listen to as well. Yeah. Not only salesmen, the pitch men, the hype man, the hype woman hype. Yeah. I just, again, I wrote some little bit on this morning on this talking about, you know, get known, get interest, get sales, right? Super simple in theory, but actually executing against that is, is the key to not, because I think you can hustle your way to the early sales and this is a whole different episode, but it's really expanding that network and reaching folks that don't know you. And then it's a longer game for that. So yeah, let, let's table that for a future episode. Sure. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for watching as well. If you like everything that you hear, please like subscribe, share to your friends, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, whatnot. Uh, you can also find us on all streaming uh, platforms for podcasts. Uh, so thank you, JC. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate you uh, every single week.
All right. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, right. Dennis. Talk to you guys soon.